Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. It is Wednesday, March 16th. And as you'll hear when I greet Chiefs beat writer Herbie Teope, happy NFL New Year. Yes, it's the first day of the NFL calendar year, but every day there is something to discuss. These days it's free agency, and the Chiefs have made news with the signing of safety Justin Reed. That likely means the departure of standout Tyron Matthews. Herbie and I discussed this, the Frank Clark signing, the departure of Charvarius Ward, and other comings and goings, along with what's going on elsewhere in the AFC West. So let's get started talking Chiefs and the NFL with Herbie. Herbie Tiope covers the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star, and he's here with me. And Herbie, the only way to begin this podcast is to wish you a happy NFL New Year. It is, it is the first day of the NFL uh, calendar year, and so how did uh, um, how did you spend New Year's Eve, NFL New Year's Eve? You know, if you really want to get technical, and I find it humorous that the NFL actually inadvertently admitted that free agency started Monday, not today. Obviously, we know Monday through Tuesday is the open negotiation period, aka legal tampering, which kicks off the frenzy. Uh, usually by Wednesday, all the big signings are done around the league. Uh, but, you know, I, I spent the last two days or New Year's Eve. Jody Fortune was was extended as an exclusive rights free agent. Uh, we're over there monitoring news around the league. And so, yeah, it, it, it's this is a fun time. And I use air quotes around fun. Yeah, busy for sure. Um, in fact, just before we came on, and we're, we're, we are recording this uh, Wednesday morning about 9 a.m., Little news broke on on the Chiefs roster front. Uh, let's just uh, bring everybody up to date on what what you learned this morning. Yeah, the Chiefs are extending running back Derek Gore, which made perfect sense. As you remember, Gore came on in training camp last year, spent you know, about the first month of the regular season on the practice squad, then found himself elevated when Clyde Edwards-Helaire uh, suffered the injury that that he went on injured reserve. I think it was the ankle left lower leg injury. Uh, week five against the Bills. And so Gore came on and he gave them a little bang. You know, we saw that a little bit of him in in training camp. He runs with power. He runs with speed. So he made sense to bring back because as of now, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the only running back from last year they would have had under contract. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, we we got a lot to talk about with Tyron Matthew and and Justin Reed and Frank Clark and and, uh, other Charverius Ward. Uh, positions of need, that sort of thing. But since we since we're talking about, it, let's just stay in the backfield real quick. Um, yeah, Daryl Williams exploring free agency and trying to find out what his value is on the open market. Uh, I think there is value for for Daryl Williams, who is who kind of got his start with the Chiefs as a third down back, a power back, but just assumed the you know the starting position ultimately. And uh, I think we've seen the last of Daryl Williams in the Chiefs uniform. Yeah, and it's going to come down to money. Everything comes down to money. I'm sure behind the scenes, you know, they, they probably tried to keep him. They extended him in an offer. But, you know, Williams and his camp were like, man, I think we might be able to get more on the open market. And then he should. Last year was his first career 1,000-yard total yards from scrimmage. And so he, he's a guy who can produce. And even Eric the enemy towards the end of the year, you know, he, he – He's saying Daryl Williams is praising, saying that this is a guy that belongs in the National Football League, whether it's in Kansas City or another team. You know, somebody is going to want his skill set. 
like you mentioned, he's a strong third down back. He's a great blocker. And that's the thing that the Chiefs are going to miss from, from him, his ability to block on third down. Uh, and, and so he's a guy who, who should draw some interest. But, hey, if, he, if, he, if the market's not right, we've seen it in past years with Marcus Robinson, the wide receiver. He always came back on a one-year deal because he didn't get what he was looking for on the market. And that may be the case here with Williams. But, you know, we'll see here in the next couple of days. And, and as that position takes shape, uh, Jarek McKinnon is back under – he's under contract with the Chiefs, right? So No, McKinnon is also a free agent. So, yeah. Yeah, if you lose Daryl Williams, then it makes perfect sense. you got to get Jarek McKinnon back. Okay. Um, and just a sort of more of a housekeeping note, uh, the Chiefs did spring uh, Michael Burton back, the fullback. Yes, and, and Burton made perfect sense. You know, here's a guy who had only had eight carries last year, <laughs> and all of them resulted in either a first down or a short yardage touchdown. And he's a guy, he's a core special team player, which most of your fullbacks are, but he, he's a guy that they needed to bring back to. Okay, and listen, while we're on the topic of, of most recent developments, this um, th- this broke yesterday as well, Tuesday as well, uh, that the Chiefs are picking up a couple more draft picks. Um, compensatory draft picks. And right now they stand at nine for the, the 2022 draft, including uh, an additional third rounder and a, and a seventh rounder, gives them four in the seventh round. So tell us how the Chiefs came about getting two more draft picks and what, what's the prospect of, uh, what's the value of having you know, nine draft picks? Well, plenty of value. Now you have trade ammunition if you need to move up in the draft. But the key thing for them is with so many holes to fill, you know, technically they have 24 unrestricted free agents. When you subtract two of them, uh, because they used the franchise tag on Orlando Brown, uh, and they also released Anthony Hitchens. So, you know, that's a sign they're probably not going to bring him back. When you remove those two from the equation, they're going to enter the market with 22 guys from last year's roster uh, who, who had the potential to either come back or sign elsewhere. But nine draft picks allows the Chiefs some flexibility here. If you don't bring back some guys, you can address these position groups through the draft. They got the extra third-round draft pick because of the NFL's minority hiring initiative that they installed a couple of seasons ago. Ryan Poles became the general manager of the Chicago Bears in recent months. And because of that, the Bears, uh, well, the NFL gave the Chiefs a third-round compensatory pick, which is 103rd overall. The extra seventh round pick is this crazy formula that the the NFL comes up with salary, playing time, uh, off field honors. Three players qualified uh, Tano Passigno, who went down to the Saints, Damian Williams, who played more than 76% of the snaps for the Jaguars, and then also Sammy Watkins. Uh, The Chiefs signed Joe Tooney. Tooney and Watkins canceled each other out. So the compensatory pick was based off of Damian Williams. Wilson, Damian Wilson's time with the Jaguars. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. How, that is a Did that make any sense? <laughs> well, um, it, it is a bit convoluted, but uh, but interesting, and the Chiefs profit from it. So um, correct. So, so good for the Chiefs, and you're right. Look, they 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 do have uh, many positions of need, and uh, better to have uh, all these draft picks in your pocket going forward than not to have them. And we'll see what happens with Brett Veach's draft is another topic entirely. And we'll, we'll address it uh, many times before it happens. 
Um, and but Veach has been known to deal draft picks and to move up. He's a he's a move up kind of guy in the draft, and now he's got more ammunition to do that. So, all right, Herbie, let's uh, let's go to the headlines of free agency for the Chiefs. We'll start with the signing of Justin Reed. He's 25 years old. Signed him for a three-year, 31 million deal, 31 million dollar deal. 20 million of that is guaranteed. Um, I remember him in college at Stanford. He's a, he was a third-round pick of the of the Houston Texans, and spent uh, you know spent his uh, his, his first uh, the first part of his NFL career there. What um, you know, we, you can't talk about Justin Reed without talking about uh, Tyron Matthew, and, and we'll we'll get to the other part of that other side of the equation here. But what are the Chiefs getting in in Justin Reed? What kind of player? They're getting a 25-year-old younger version of the Honey Badger. You know, this guy also gives him a little something that Matthew gave him, a little flexibility back there at the safety position because with the Texans, he spent time playing free safety and strong safety. And this is something that you hear, this is something that we saw over the last three seasons with Matthew. He's a guy who, who can do both. Um, and the other thing about Matthew is Matthew sometimes can defend against a corner, uh, excuse me, the slot wide receiver. But this is the key thing they're getting with him. Basically the same size as Matthew, but he's younger. And he's going to – and obviously the contract there you hear about, it's a, it's a lot less expensive than what the Chiefs probably would have had to give to Tyron Matthew. The interesting part about this, you mentioned his rookie season, 2018 with the Texans. Who was there in 2018? Tyron Matthew. So he had an opportunity opportunity to watch and, and, and learn and grow – with Matthews last year in Houston. And, and you hear all the safeties all, all the time, you know, Matthew and, and the, the chief defensive cornerbacks, he's a guy that will share his knowledge, share his wisdom with his teammates. So yeah, one year apprenticeship under Tyron Matthew. And now he's coming here as, as, as it looks like the heir apparent, you know, barring some kind of crazy turnaround, Matthew decides to come back or the chief somehow find some money where they're able to bring him back. But, you know, as of right now, it looks like, you know, the writing's on the wall. Matthew will be gone. Yeah. I mean, what th th this contract, to me, three years, $31 million for Justin Reed means uh, Tyron Matthew uh, obviously believes he's worth more than that. And, you know, as, as we speak, he is by far the best safety out there in, in free agency right now. And it's funny, the number of teams I've seen rumored to be interested in him over the last three days just just grows you know, exponentially. And the latest one, and who knows, the latest one is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, yeah. But I saw the, you know, I've seen uh, the Raiders, the Ravens, the, you know, just team after team. Um, who, who knows where, where Tyron Matthew will end up. And, and listen, I think it'd be fantastic if the Chiefs could, you know, wave their magic wand and find a way to bring them back. It doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. And if that's the case, the Chiefs will have moved on from, you know, a three-year, a three-year starter who came in at a time when the Chiefs were overhauling their defense. Right after the 2018 AFC Championship game, when they fired defensive coordinator Bob Sutton and let go of people like uh, Eric Berry, uh, Justin Houston, Tom Bahali, E. Ford, that defense was, you know, uh, you know, had to be overhauled, and it was. Tyron Matthew comes in and really helped change the culture of this Chiefs defense. And uh, the, the Chiefs and Kansas City Chiefs fans owe him quite a debt of gratitude for what he, what he accomplished here in Kansas City. Two Pro Bowl uh, selections, two all-pro, first-team all-pro years. 
and was the big communicator on the back end of the defense. So uh, I think his legacy with the Chiefs, uh, if he has played his last game in Kansas City, his legacy is pretty secure here. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, Super Bowl champion. I don't think the Chiefs get there without Tyron Matthew being the glue for that defense. Here's the interesting thing about his his time as he enters free agency. The teams that you mentioned that were linked to him, the Saints, the the Baltimore Ravens, they went different directions. You know, the guys they got, the the Ravens grabbed Marcus Williams from the Saints. He's he's also younger. And then the Saints turned around and got another All-Pro and Marcus May from the Jets who's also younger. Some, you know, some teams may be saying, Matthew, who turns 30 in May, you know, how many more years are you going to get out of him? And, and it's a shame because he's still clearly playing at a very high level. He is playing at a high level. I, I did think the third of his three years in Kansas City was, was uh, his worst, but by, you know, that's, that's by the highest standards. He was so good in 2019 and 2020. And besides, he did make the Pro Bowl and he was on the Pro Bowl roster last year. So, um, uh, look, he's terrific. And I, th- I think he, wherever he lands, he will be a, he'll be, he'll continue to be one of the NFL's top safeties uh, for sure. It just doesn't seem like it will be in Kansas city. I remember at the time, what a huge get that was for Brett beach. And uh, um, you know, he had, uh, he had other offers then and, uh, and, and he came to Kansas city. The one thing I probably won't miss about Tyron Matthew or these cryptic tweets, you know, (laughs) you you have to follow these guys on social media, especially on Twitter. And he is, he makes better use of the eyeball emoji than, uh, than just about anybody. And man, just who knows what's in his mind. And he absolutely plays the disrespect card through Twitter. Doesn't he? he? He does that about as well as anybody. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? I think he's a, also the kind of player that, that that kind of stuff fuels him. You know, he he takes the the quote disrespect end quote and, and he channels that on the field. And hey, it works. It works for Tyron Matthew. Yep. OK, Herbie, let's take a break. And when we come back, we've got to talk about Frank Clark and what, what the Chiefs did there. We'll talk about some uh, some other players and positions of need and maybe even touch on what's going on elsewhere in the AFC West. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Herbie Teope, who covers the Chiefs as the beat writer for the Kansas City Star. Uh, nobody covers the Chiefs better than Herbie Teope. Um, so Frank Clark, uh, there, there was a lot of speculation after the season that he had played his last game in the Chiefs uniform. That is not the case. Without getting into the, the, the deep details of the finances, basically, am I, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Herbie, the bottom line is it, 
it's almost a wash between keeping him and cutting him in terms of the salary cap. And by keeping him, at least the Chiefs have a, you know, they, 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 they're not going out and getting somebody else. They don't have to replace two. I think they still need to add an edge rusher, um, but they don't have to add two edge rushers now, um, which would have been the case by replacing Frank Clark. And um, look, his sack totals have decreased each year in Kansas City. He has not been the 13 sack uh, per season guy that he was at least his last year in Seattle. So uh, there were a lot of people that kind of had their you know, mindset on Frank Clark not being back, but he is back. And how do you see his role uh, changing, if at all, with the Chiefs this, this season? I don't think it's going to change at all. Uh, you know, he's still going to be lining up over there on the right defensive end spot, but they do need to get more production out of him. You know, he clearly wasn't living up to that massive contract uh, that he signed three seasons ago, had two years left. He was going to count. They, I, don't, I know we don't want to get too much into numbers, but he was going to count $26.3 million. That was a That was his cap hit this year. And, and the Chiefs had to bring that down. It was either you, you agree to a restructured deal or, hey, as Brett Veach said at the NFL Scouting Combine two weeks ago, if it's close, it'll get done. If it's not, then we'll go a different direction well they got it done and it's the right move because as you mentioned now they don't have to replace two defensive line though has to be a priority Brett Veach has said that since the end of the regular season they had to focus on the defensive line because Melvin Ingram free agent Alex Okafor free agent Derek Nottie free agent who else am I forgetting there there oh um Jaron Reed free agent so four of the key guys that they were rotating inside there have a chance to hit the open market. But now you, you've got Frank Clark back here. You can concentrate on one of two things, bringing one of those guys back, or if there's someone out there in free agency that you love, you can go out there and get him. You know, and they also have the draft. So they've got options here, but now they can only, now they only have to focus on one and not two. Well, it seems to me that defensive end is, is a position group that needs to be upgraded, needs to be improved. Um, and there, there needs to be an addition there because what we're looking at now is Frank Clark, uh, Mike Dana, uh, Josh Kane, Joshua Kando, and and Alex Okafor. If you know, and Okafor is, as you said, a free agent, so I'm Turk not Wharton sure. too. Turk Wharton and Turk Wharton. Thank you. Um, is that? Yeah, is, I was going to say, is that a that may be a playoff uh, with everything else, a, a playoff rotation, but I don't think that's a Super Bowl rotation. So, um, yes, there, there will need to be upgrades there. And look, Frank Clark, he has given the Chiefs a couple of good playoff seasons. He, he's, he has eight postseason sacks. He didn't have any in 2021 um, uh, postseason for the 2021 season. Somehow he's been named the three straight Pro Bowls, all the Pro Bowls that, um, uh, each year in, in Kansas City. So there is there is some value there. He, the, the Chiefs need him to be better. I mean, he's the veteran on this uh, of this group. He's the you know he's the guy who they're paying. What, what was his original deal? 105, 105 million. Yes. Five yeah, years, one hundred and five million. He has not lived up to that. You know, he he's played seventy five percent of the snaps on on defense since you know, since becoming a chief, um, 
he's just got to be better. He just has to be a better player. And, and maybe, maybe he will be this year. I can't help but think that his off-field problems last year may have contributed to, you know, just his approach to this past season. You know, the, the gun charges that uh, two of them, um, is, as we, as we learned, one that, that everybody knew about and one that we found, a second one that we found out about. So um, it was also – the other thing, too, with him, he started the season slow because he was also dealing with a hamstring injury. He missed right. a lot of time in training camp, didn't play any of the preseason games. And I remember when we finally got to him, you know, the Chiefs don't allow us to talk to injured players. <laughs> when, when he finally talked to us midway through the season, he had mentioned, you know what, even when he came back, he wasn't 100%. So he was finally able to get his legs under him. But still, what, what they were paying him, and he was set to make $19 million this year outside of the restructured deal, but he was going to make 19 million this year. And you look at the production, you're paying for the production and they just weren't getting that. They had to restructure that deal. Okay. Another player who, uh, who has made a headline in free agency um, is now a former chief Charvarius Ward, the cornerback. Um, he's a guy who quietly, I think had a, uh, you know, a really nice tenure here in Kansas City, not a, you know, not a pro bowler, not an all pro, but a solid cornerback who, um, you know, who was a four-year starter here, uh, played in every playoff game of the Patrick Mahomes era, started all but the first one, I believe. Uh, so I remember when they got him, it was in, they got him in a trade back um, uh, with, the, with the Dallas Cowboys four years ago, and the Chiefs absolutely got the better of that deal. Traverius Ward, um, you know, again, I, I thought he was very, very good player for the Chiefs. And the 49ers obviously thought he was a very good player because they've given him a three-year, $42 million deal. Man, I mean, good for him, right? I mean, good good for him, but that's that does leave a hole at, that, at the cornerback position. Yeah, massive hole. When, when you look at Cerverius Ward, most people are going to remember the Bengals game. Okay, look. Jamar Chase is just out of this world. <laughs> That's all yeah. you have to say. You, you can't you can't say that was Ward's career in Kansas City because you were right. He turned into a strong starter, a guy you could depend on. The Chiefs depended on him so much last year. Uh, it was Steve Spagnola, defensive coordinator, revealed that they allowed him to travel with the other team's number one wide receiver. So even if it wasn't written down, hey, this is how we're going to play these guys. They gave Ward carte blanche. If you think you can shut down that guy, follow him no matter where he lines up. And that's what Ward was doing. He's a guy, you know, starting caliber cornerbacks don't grow on trees, which is why you see them get these massive contracts. Look at J.C. Jackson with the San Diego Chargers, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers. They backed up the Brinks truck for this guy. What an $82 million deal. And so you're looking at Ward getting $42 million for three years. He's a starting cornerback. He was ranked as one of the top 10 projected free agents, and he got paid. So good for him. And one of the nicest guys in that locker room, too, when we had the locker room. But now they, the Chiefs have an issue because you've got Legereus Sneed, Rashad Benton, DeAndre Baker, who's expected to be tendered as an exclusive rights free agent. And then that's it. Mike Hughes is hitting free agency. So the Chiefs, you got defensive line as a need. Now all of a sudden you've got cornerback as a need because Brett Veach two weeks ago at the Combine really want, you know, he went out of his way to say, we love Severus Ward. We know our coaching staff loves him. We would love to have him back. Well, 
time to go to plan B because you're not getting Ward back. And that's right. It is, uh, it is thin at cornerback right now for the Chiefs. Look, I like what they have there. I do like Jarius Sneed. Love, how do you not like Jarius Sneed? And, and I think Rashad Fenton has really grown as, as, a, as a corner. And we'll see with DeAndre Baker. Um, former number one pick, was he not? Um, yes, the Giants. The Giants. So uh, Chiefs have had success with players like former number one pick. So, but that's, that's, you're exactly right. That is now a, a, a big time position of need. They have got to get, um, they have got to get a corner in here. What do you think? Free agency or the draft? Who, where does this, where does the, where do they go to fill this hole? <laughs> this is the interesting dilemma because, you know, with, with the money you're going to end up spending, on a top quality cornerback, those guys are already gone. Jason Jackson was at the top of the list. Okay. He's already gone. I think you have to spend money on a pass rusher. You get your cornerback in the draft. The, the death at cornerbacks for the 2022 NFL draft is pretty deep. And Veach actually mentioned that at the combine, he liked the cornerbacks in this draft. So if you spend money on defensive line, you got to get your cornerback through the draft. Yeah, I've seen corners uh, with the, with Chiefs in mock drafts. I've seen other positions, but I've also seen corners. So uh, with their first round pick in, in the mock draft, Chiefs draft thirtieth this year. Okay, that's that's something to keep an eye on as we go forward. Let's hey, before we go, Herbie. Let, let's touch on a couple of developments that have happened in the division. The biggest, of course, Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos uh, in a trade that also sends. Drew Locke and uh, tight end Noah Fant to Seattle. But now Russell Wilson in the AFC West, what a quarterback division that best quarterback division in football. Got to be. Yeah. When you think of the AFC West, in my opinion, two of actually three of the NFL's best quarterbacks throw the beautiful deep balls, just beautiful. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, obviously Patrick Mahomes. And it goes back to what we were just talking about. There's a reason why the Chiefs have to get pass rushers and you have to get cornerbacks. Because when you've got this, this quarterback heavy division, and I'm not, you know, discounting Derek Carr because you know he he can certainly be, be dangerous as well. But yep. I'm thinking of like just the elite of the elite. It's in the AFC West now. The Chiefs have to get better defensively. You you cannot enter 2022 without the premier pass rusher alongside Frank Clark, and you got to have the corners. The Chargers are certainly doing that. They're loading up right now. Uh, the Broncos yesterday, I mean, they, they got Randy Gregory, who did an about face on the Cowboys, and now he's going to the Broncos. Uh, what else do the Chargers do? Uh, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to go along with Joey Bosa. So they're gearing up to face these high-powered offenses in the ASU West. They're chasing the Chiefs, obviously. The Chiefs, until they're knocked out, are still the king of the the king of the mountain. Uh, you you got to get you got to get the defensive weapons there. You know, Patrick Mahomes, the offense is going to be fine, but you got to get the defense guys. Yeah, the Raiders uh, re-signed uh, Max Crosby on a, on a yeah. school as well. So you're right. When you look at what's, you know, how AFC West opponents are are structuring their teams, emphasizing obviously quarterback, which you have to do, but also pass rush. And um, the Chiefs have to answer that. They absolutely have to answer the pass rush part of this. And I think if you had to, if, if you had to rank the, um, the defensive ends in the AFC West based on, you know, on, on who the starters are, Chiefs come in fourth in that. 
Um, oh yeah. In, in, in that group. And that has got to improve. Absolutely has to improve. So um, interesting times. And yes, the, the, the Broncos are not to be taken seriously. And look, the, 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 the Chargers and the Raiders were one or two snaps away from both of them being in the playoffs this past year, right? Instead, it was just the Raiders. So uh, AFC West, all those games should be primetime games next year. They're just going to be fantastic battles. So and <laughs> we get, we, You mean to tell me we get to hear your sigh? That's right. Your- that's right. <sighs> yeah. Primetime another, game. Another, another 7.30 kickoff. And I think I heard this this uh, recently that the, the number of primetime games for teams can be now increased. I think you can be on six times this year with a chance to be on a seventh. And you know that the Chiefs max out their opportunities to be on, on primetime. Okay, there are a couple other developments in the NFL that do, do not involve the Chiefs. Um, uh, Tom Brady is, is coming back. How about that? But stayed in retirement for – for what, uh, a month and a half, perhaps? Uh, I was surprised. I don't know about you, but I was surprised. I thought at age 44 and owning all the records that, that he owns now, all the career records, no reason for him to come back. But, he, you know, you know, checked it out with his family and got uh, basically got permission from his wife and kids to do <laughs> this again. And, and he's coming back. So good for Tom Brady. It's, it's probably good for the NFL. And I said, you know, these don't have anything to do with the Chiefs. They do. The Chiefs play the Tampa Bay Bucks in the regular season this year. And I guess there's some speculation that game is going to be in Munich because the Bucks do have a home game to be played in Germany. The opponent has not been identified. And it, um, I, I can see the Chiefs being that opponent. It'll be a primetime game, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I love the European games because those start at nine in the morning of the year. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Hey, what's your guess about where Deshaun Watson's going to end up? Wow. This is, what, four teams now? You, you've got the Panthers, you've got the Saints, you've got the Browns, which is curious. You know, we have Baker Mayfield there. Yeah, they have and a- now there's a sleeper team, the Atlanta Falcons. So, uh, hey, if, if I were a betting man – I'm not making a bet on this one because you just never know. I, I, it's, I find it really interesting that the three other teams in the AFC South um, are, are involved or supposed to be involved with Deshaun Watson. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's obviously where Tom Brady resigns. And, you know, so much of his victory total as a Patriots quarterback came because the, the AFC East was just, just terrible at, at that position, right? And it was easy for him to roll over the Jets and the and the Dolphins and the Bills over the years. And it looks like the AFC South right now, uh, without Deshaun Watson, is shaping up in the same way. There's just no good quarterback play in that division with Drew Brees gone and 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 Matt Ryan toward the end of his career. And um, and the Panthers have just you know gone through yeah. all sorts of guys here lately. They haven't been the same since Cam Newton's. Exactly. All pro years. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, I can see, I, I, I can see why any one of those three teams are, are uh, really hot for Deshaun Watson. And if, we'll if, to- if I'm just, if I'm Deshaun Watson though, and obviously I'm not, but if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm taking a hard look at the saints. They're indoors. Granted the Falcons play indoors, but they're not going to have Calvin Ridley this year. Julio Jones is gone. At least in new Orleans, you have a good core set of weapons there with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. 
So you've got, you know, you're going to have your version of the triplets. But I don't think he's going to get that anywhere else. Okay. I don't know when we're going to know about Deshaun Watson, but um, uh, but that, that one remains open. The Aaron Rodgers mystery is closed. Tom Brady, we know about him. And, uh, and but we're always concerned about the Chiefs and wondering about them. Let me ask you this. Uh, what, what's left for them here in the free agency? What do you, we'll end it on that. We're, what's, uh, you know, what other headline moves could be made here before we're finished with the Chiefs? think of anything defensive line has to be on the menu it's either that or or defensive back uh the other thing too to keep an eye on with wide receiver they've been linked to jarvis landry to juju smith schuster so you know don't forget they went after juju smith schuster last year just weren't able to seal the deal he he decided to go back to pittsburgh but now their quarterback is mitchell trubisky if i'm juju (laughs) smith schuster Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, you know, which one do I want to go to if the Chiefs come after me? I'm going to the Chiefs. But I think wide receiver has to be on, on their menu as well. So for the next few days in free agency, this this is what you probably see. Uh, but we know how Brett Veach is. He might even address an offensive line again because they need a right tackle, especially in light of what's going on in the AFC West as far as pass rushes are concerned. They went through three Right tackles last year, Lucas Nyang, Mike Remmers, then Andrew Wiley finished the year. You got to get some consistency and stability over that right tackle. All right, great stuff, Herbie. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Follow Herbie Teope's coverage of free agency on the free agency tracker that you can find on KansasCity.com uh, and always in the Kansas City Star print editions. All right, Herbie, great stuff. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Blair. That will do it for today. Thanks to Sportsbeat KC producer Monty Davis, along with Jeff Rosen and Chris Fickett, and a tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, who shared his thoughts on the Chiefs. We mentioned the Chiefs free agency tracker on KansasCity.com. Let me also plug the Sports E edition. Today was 57 pages full of NCAA tournament, NFL free agency, baseball spring training coverage, plus much more. It's yours when you subscribe to the Star. And here's a programming note. On Thursday, I'll be joined by Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell discussing Royals on Sportsbeat KC Live. The Royals kick off their spring training schedule a little late, but better late than never, right? We'll discuss all things Royals with you. Find us on the Stars Facebook page and we'll tweet out a link. Hey, thanks for listening and we'll be back tomorrow.